CONCACAF World Cup qualifiers and MLS weekly recap right after the intro. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Mike Guyalmi, Sons of a Pitch, Soccer Central. Back to bring you another weekly recap. CONCACAF World Cup qualifiers. Match day 12 and 13 are complete. Canada has qualified for the World Cup in Qatar 2022. United States and Mexico are literally a fingertip away. All they need is not to lose horribly in their next match, and they're both in those automatic qualifiers, and Panama's been eliminated. Lots of games to talk about here. It's going to be a quicker episode than normal because we've only got, uh, like, I think eight or nine games to talk about rather than 14 or 15 plus. So with that being said, guys, hit that like button down below. Hit that subscribe button as well. Turn on that bell so you don't miss any of our awesome soccer content, whether that's lives, uh, or episodes like this, picks and predictions, etc., etc. All right, let's get into it, guys. Going back, all the way back to March 24th. Jamaica and El Salvador play to a 1-1 draw. Two teams that have already been eliminated. Doesn't really matter. Um, neither one of these teams really uh, had any chance, so it was kind of just playing for fun. Uh, more like a friendly but not a friendly, right? Then you've got Panama and Honduras, a 1-1 draw. Panama is held to a draw by Honduras in Panama. A huge result against Panama here. Uh, this was this was a game that Panama must have won in order to stay alive, um, you know, and for that fourth spot there, especially because Costa Rica beat the Canadians 1-0. The Canadians suffered their first loss uh, in the in the in the Ocho, which was surprising, um, but not really, because when you looked at it, this Costa Rica team is fighting for their lives. Canada was basically in, um, so, you know, Canada gave it their all, some some phantom decisions, we'll get into that there in a second, uh, but overall, I mean, Costa Rica, they get the victory, they do what they need to do to stay afloat in the World Cup qualifying process, trying to beat out Panama for that four spot, or possibly move in to one of the automatic qualifier spots. Now, in this game, uh, there was a red card to Mark Anthony K. The first tackle, uh, he got a yellow card. Deserved red, uh, deserved yellow card on that first tackle to Mark Anthony K. Now, the second one was a bit of a dumb play by Mac. He, uh, you know, he was walking by the Costa Rican player and just shouldered into him. Now, of course, the Costa Rican player went down like he just got hit with a 50 caliber round from a sniper rifle, uh, you know, but he uh, he went down and the ref did what he had to do. Gave the yellow card. It was the second yellow to Mark Anthony K. and Canada was down a man and still looked like the better team going forward. They just could not find that equalizer. Uh, and Costa Rica stays alive and and moves into that uh, into that fourth spot above Panama because of the draw there between Panama and Honduras. Now in the other game that night. You had Mexico in the United States at the Azteca. This one ended as a 0-0 draw. A good result for both sides. Got what they needed out of it. Uh, neither team lost, which was the key for both sides, really. Uh, Mexico did not look good in this game. United States had some chances. United States, to me, was the better team in this game. 
Uh, I thought the United States was going to be able to bury one, and they had a couple chances, some sitters. I mean, that uh, PFOC, man, he had a sitter that he missed, and you know what? It happens, and uh, it is what it is. It, it, the game ends nil-nil, no score, boring-ass game, but the draw, it really, I mean, it's fine for both squads. Uh, obviously, both teams wanted the three points, but the draw is fine, especially for the United States. I mean, when you think about it, they beat Mexico in the U.S., in their home leg. Then they tie Mexico at the Azteca. That is a recipe for success. Now, Mexico, on the other hand, probably has to be a little bit uh, disappointed there because they lost their road leg, didn't get that point on the road, and then did not get the three points at home. So that uh, kind of is the difference maker right now uh, for the U.S. over Mexico in the standings. And uh, now it comes down to these games uh, coming up here on Wednesday night, which is going to be a, a lot of fun to watch. I actually won't be able to be live. We've got some other stuff going on as of right now. I have uh, I have a meeting that night, so we'll see. I, I might be uh, stuck and not be able to come do a live, but I might be able to. It depends on the situation, right? We never know. Uh, but moving on to the second, second match day of this window on March 27th, yesterday what a day it was at BMO Field Canada with a resounding four nothing victory over Jamaica qualifying them for the World Cup in 2022 now look guys I've been around for a long time I've been following Canada soccer for a very very long time since back in about 2006 2007 when I first started following Toronto FC and really got into soccer after that 2006 World Cup I have seen games where Canada was playing in front of 100 fans. I've also been to Canadian soccer games where I was the only fan in the stands for Canada back at the 2000, I believe it was the 2009 Gold Cup. Uh, I was at the Orange Bowl when they played Haiti. They won 2-0, a brace by Dwayne De Rosario. And uh, the stadium, there was 40,000 fans in the Orange Bowl, and it was all Haitian fans. There was not another Canadian fan to be found me and my friend Alexandra uh, were at the game, and it was a nightmare. There was no red. There was no Canadian fans anywhere. Um, and, and, you know, this is how far Canada has come. You'd see a lot of these posts, the people that have been watching for Canada for such a long time, and, uh, you know, they, they understand what it was like when, when we were ranked 140th in the world, when we were behind, you know, little tiny nations in the FIFA rankings, and this team was, you know, was nowhere near playing for a World Cup. Well, now they're going to be in the World Cup, and they're ranked in the top, you know, in the top 50 easily, top 30. I mean, this team is going to be a force to be reckoned with in the World Cup, and what a scene at BMO Field. I got to say, man, unbelievable scenes. Jay Jardim, thank you so much for sending over those pictures, those videos, uh, absolutely amazing. I'm living vicariously through you, Jay, through uh, seeing all that stuff because it was uh, it was real, real cool to see. Uh, we'll pop up those po those photos now. Uh, unbelievable shots there. Great, uh, great atmosphere in BMO. Just a what this country's been waiting for. At least the Voyagers and, and the true diehard Canadian soccer fans. We've been waiting for this for a long, long time. And how fitting, how fitting that it happens in Toronto, at BMO Field, at home, in the snow, on a cold day, it doesn't get any better than this. I mean, there's so many iconic moments for Canada in this World Cup qualifying process when they beat the United States in Hamilton in the cold with that goal from Samuel Atacube to seal it 2-0. 
the goal, the celebration by Atacube again, jumping into the snow pile in Edmonton when Canada beat Mexico. Just an unbelievable uh, process throughout this entire World Cup qualifying process for Canada. And uh, I have been just blessed to be a part of it through the media accreditation and being on the press conferences and whatnot. I wish I could be in Toronto to actually go to the trainings and meet with the players and all that kind of stuff. But unfortunately, being stuck in Chicago, that's not possible. But unbelievable scenes. Thank you, Jay, for sending that stuff over, man. And uh, wow, what what a unbelievable job by Canada Soccer to qualify for the World Cup. And, and a thrashing. I mean, just just completely killed Jamaica for nothing. It, the own goal at the end kind of sealed the deal. And it was just all Canada all day long. It reminded me a lot of that 2017 MLS Cup Final when there was only one team on the pitch that night. Toronto FC dominated Seattle in every facet of the game. And this was very, very similar. Red and green as well. So there you go. Canada, congratulations. Let's go get it in Qatar. I can't wait for that World Cup draw to see who we will be drawn in a group with. I'll be doing, uh, I'll be doing a live for that World Cup draw on the first that morning, it's going to be a lot of fun. Now, moving along to the next uh, the next game up is El Salvador against Costa Rica. El Salvador loses at home to Costa Rica. They stay alive. They are in that four spot pretty firmly now. Uh, and actually, they've at least qualified fourth because of the result between the United States and Panama. A thrashing by the United States 5-1. to one. That guarantees Panama or Panama has been eliminated, and it shows that either Costa Rica Costa Rica's right there, but they've at least guaranteed that four spot. So Costa Rica with the two wins, one over Canada, and then one over El Salvador was huge for that club and that well, that country. Um and, and the United States, what a beatdown over Panama. This is a team who coming into it, depending on the results of the Costa Rica game, could have qualified with a win. The United States showed up. They showed up big. Beautiful plays, beautiful goals. Christian Pulisic, man of the match performance. Absolutely unbelievable uh, performance from Christian Pulisic with the hat trick. Just a great game for U.S. soccer. This game was just like the Canada game. Never in doubt, not in doubt for one minute. Not from the start to the finish. And, uh, man, the U.S. 5-1. It was 3-0. I put a uh, correct score bet down of 5-1, and that was a beautiful bet, and it hit. Uh, But... A great result for the United States. Really puts them on the cusp of qualifying for Qatar. They're at least guaranteed a four spot into that inter- intercontinental playoff, which again, that will be they'll be facing the winner of either Solomon Islands or New Zealand. If it is the U.S. somehow that ends up in that four spot, which I doubt it will. We'll talk about that in a minute. There's no way they lose to a team like that, right? So Honduras and Mexico, this game played out uh, a late, late winner by Mexico. 70-something minute that they get the victory over Honduras. Mexico just is not the same. Yes, it's on the road. Yes, it's at Honduras, a tough place to play. But Honduras has already been eliminated. They drew against Panama. Honduras is not the same. Mexico should handle Honduras no problem whatsoever. But they were unable to do so. Uh, it, It took a lot. And Mexico, I don't know, man. To the Mexican fans out there, God bless you because this team needs a lot of work. Needs a lot of work. This is not the Mexico of old. I mean, we're used to seeing Mexico being, uh, you know, being a powerhouse in the region, and they are far from it now. That that powerhouse is is Canada 
and possibly even the U.S., but right now it's Canada. And that is very surprising, especially from a Canadian soccer fan like myself to be saying right now. But either way, Mexico gets the three points. They do what they need to do. They at least move in to guaranteeing that fourth spot. And they should be able to get a victory over El Salvador at the Azteca coming up on the 30th, which will seal the deal for Mexico to qualify um, and, and guarantee their position in the World Cup in 2022. Now let's take a look at the table here. You've got Canada, 28 points. They're already in, done. They've got to go to Panama. Panama's been eliminated. Canada's already qualified. We're playing for top of the table for Canada. Now, you know this team's going to come out really, really strong and go for that win. Panama, they're at home. They're playing for pride. Should be a decent game to watch, uh, but Canada should be able to handle their business. Canada's goal differential of 17 is huge for them. Um, they might be able to add on to that with a win. If they lose, then it comes down to the U.S. Um, and possibly Mexico with goal differential possibly catching them. Um, but again, that it's all it doesn't really matter when you're looking at it all. U.S. comes in at second at 25 points. Mexico third on 25 points. And then you've got Costa Rica at 22 points. Now, Panama at 18, they're done. Costa Rica in that four spot right now. Mexico in that three spot due to goal differential. Mexico's goal differential is seven, and you've got the United States is 13. Now, for the tiebreakers, the way that all works, the United States, when they play Costa Rica in Costa Rica, Costa Rica will have to beat the U.S. by a score of six, but more than six, six goals or more. They have to beat the United States in order to pass the United States to get into that, into the automatic qualifying spot. That would be a collapse of epic proportions for the United States. I expect the U.S. to come out very strong in this matchup, probably even get a victory for the first time ever in Costa Rica, but they're not going to lose 6-0 to Costa Rica. It's not going to happen. Mexico, on the other hand, if they lose by some act of God to, um, to El Salvador, which would be insane, then depending on the result between the U.S. and Costa Rica. It all depends there with the goal differentials and whatnot. The bottom line is your three teams, you're pretty much, your qualification is pretty much set for the CONCACAF region. Number one, Canada, they're in. Number two and number three, Mexico and the United States. Mexico is going to beat El Salvador. Let's be serious. They have too much talent to lose to El Salvador at the Azteca. That puts them on the 25 points. Um, that puts them on the 28 points. Then you have uh, the United States against Costa Rica, even if the U.S. was to lose and finish third. There's no way they lose by six goals or more. Knock on some wood, y'all. I can't see it happening. Can't see it happening. So it should be Canada, U.S., and Mexico in the guaranteed spots, and then Costa Rica in that fourth spot against the, the winner of New Zealand and Solomon Islands, which most likely will be New Zealand. And I think Costa Rica is good enough to beat New Zealand. I do. I really do. Um, so we'll see. I think we're going to have four teams in CONCACAF in the 2022 World Cup. But with that, guys, we're going to take a short break before we get into the MLS stuff. And uh, we'll talk about MLS there for a few minutes. Uh, and John Donovan's going to give you his update as well on the podcast side. And we'll take our sponsorship break right now. This MLS Weekly Recap is sponsored by Skira. Icelandic spring water available at your local 7-Eleven. 
Icelandic for clear, skira water comes from a spring in a nature preserve in Iceland with naturally low mineral content. This isn't your average water. Clearly, yes, pun intended, it's one of the best. Get some skira today at your local 7-Eleven. And now it's time for our weekly Chicago Fire Update brought to you by John Donovan. Take it away, John. Mike, John Donovan here talking about the fire, a little bit about the MLS. I miss the league, but although I've watched these uh, super exciting U.S. teams, the, the, te- the game today was spectacular. I mean, the, um, the MLS players in specific that scored um, were just wonderful. It just gives me a warm feeling that we're making that move. But back to the fire, uh, Mike. You know, I uh, the signing of Chisnoff was probably the best thing they did this summer. Um, they they did not have a weak, a strong defense. Uh, Olmsberg and Chisnoff are solid, very solid back there. And even Miguel Navarro is starting to play um, solid. So our defense went from probably one of the worst in the league to I would say one of the better. I, I would not be surprised at some point if Olmsberg is asked in to get a cap for the team. Um, he's helped. Um, having Chesnov play next to Olmsberg has been a rewarding experience for the team. I really have not seen anybody dominate us down the middle. Shakira has added a lot to the team. He gives them a lot of respect. They've got to be aware that somebody he can go over anybody's head. He's quite clever. Can he make it continuously with the 90 minutes? I hope so. He seemed like he was getting in better condition as the season went on. Ezra, I can't talk enough about what Ezra has done with this squad. I mean, he he picked out a squad in Miami and he stayed with that squad because they're winning. And that just makes sense. I mean, other coaches are dinking and dying and Klopas and Ricky and uh, Pano, it was so confusing trying to... F- I couldn't even tell you what position a guy played. I mean, that's how bad it got. So I think we have a good organization right here. Um, you know, we will just have to see how it goes. Um, the um, You know, where do we need... What do we need to be a better team? I think it's pretty obviously we need more uh, speed on the front. Ivanov is playing well. Um, he does seem to get open straight down that right side, but we haven't had yet a lot of goals out of him. He is better. Last year he had a meniscus operation on his knee. So this is the first real time that he's started to transform for us. And, and you know, with uh, Shakiri able to splay these balls out wide, it really looks good for him. Um, on the other hand, in Olmsburg, I think we got we got a guy that um, it, this might sound odd, but I think we've got in a different position a, a Slonina. The guy is a stud, and especially with Chesnoff on the right side, he just you know those those defensive fullbacks when they can't get something, it's normally don't worry, I'll take it, which is a really nice nice thing to do. You know, one thing that I do dig Ezra on, we have never had anybody that respected American players. Um, Pano was just terrible about it. Um, This year, we have the guys that regularly play. We have Slonina. 
we have uh, Pineda, we have Olmsberg. We had a really great shot as a left wing for Bornstein. And Brian Gutierrez right now is the first off the bench. And if you think that's all that we'll be using this year, I think you're crazy. I think that um, Ezra has quite a few players, um, you know, the, the doing the whole league or the whole game. Um, and, you know, something new has come out with the MLS, especially the Chicago Fire. They have a Chicago Fire 2 team. Now, I didn't know that it was going to start up so quickly, but they played their first game in um, uh, Orlando this week, and they lost 2 nothing to the Orlando squad, and the difference was two red cards. And I, it's not, you know, what can you say? Was it a referee that's kind of new? Um, I haven't seen the red cards, but... That is a horrible way to get the season started. Um, we need that season to be uh, organized and instructive and guys that can move up. So I would assume that that's probably what, what the conversation was about. Take care, Mike. Love doing this job. Um, the existence of the minor leagues playing at Sunday for free is a lot of fun. I'm going to try to take care of it sometime as the uh, season goes along. Take care, and I'll talk to you all next week. Thanks for that Chicago Fire update, John. We'll talk to you next week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's move in to the few games that we had in MLS, starting out with Charlotte FC over FC Cincinnati at the Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. A great result. For Charlotte FC, a brace by Swiderski. The guy's starting to show up now. He's starting to score some goals. Beautiful free kick from Swiderski and uh, Charlotte. I mean, let's maybe not look too much into this after the results. Uh, you know, again, you're playing at Cincinnati, who's looked good the last couple of weeks. But Charlotte with the victory here. Good result for them. And uh, they're talking about, can this team make the playoffs? We want to be in the playoffs is what they're saying. Of course they do. Will they get there? I don't know. I don't know if this team has enough skill. It'll be interesting to see when Charlotte's going up against better opposition to see if they can handle their business and uh, and move through. Looking at the stats in this one, Charlotte with the possession, 58.6% to 41.4% for Cincinnati. Total shots, 14 for Cincinnati, 10 for Charlotte. Six on goal for Charlotte and five on goal for Cincinnati. Now, what really stands out to me here is that it looks like Cincinnati is going to ride or die by Brandon Vasquez. And that's not a good thing to be hanging your hat on. When Vasquez is scoring, he's putting in goals. He's playing well. This team's doing well. Vice versa, when he's not, this team doesn't do well at all. So a little concern there that they're kind of hanging on by a thread for Vasquez. That's their main player. Uh, you would you would want to see maybe somebody else to rely on every single week. But uh, regardless, Swiderski, he's coming into his own here for Charlotte. And uh, we'll see if Charlotte can keep it up. Ben Bender continues to impress the number one overall pick for Charlotte. So we'll see how this goes for them. But uh, hey, as of right now, happy for the Charlotte fans, for sure. And, and kind of sad for the Cincinnati fans, too. Losing to the expansion side after they've gotten three straight wooden spoons. So there's that. All right, next up, we've got Kansas City and RSL. Hey, Lo, my man, what happened, man? What happened? I had RSL to win this one. Big, big money on RSL. Didn't work out for me. 1-0 victory for SKC. Johnny Russell scores in the 81st minute. 
And uh, that's all she wrote. SKC continues to impress at home, continues to flail on the road. RSL, though, that's all right. They're still a decent team. I still have faith in them to get to the playoffs. But the one nothing victory for SKC. Last game of the week here for MLS, Portland and Orlando. Orlando takes the early lead in the 52nd minute through Junior, junior Urso. And then Portland gets a red card. Van Rankin picks up red. And you're thinking, oh boy, that's it for Portland. Not so fast, my friends. The game's in Portland. They always show up in Portland. And a penalty kick slotted home by Paredes in the 80th minute. Ties it up, and it's a draw. 1-1. Good result for Orlando overall on the road. Picking up a point in Portland is always a good result. Now, for Portland, eh, not so much. Hopefully they'll uh, hopefully they'll do a little bit better moving forward there. You want to take three points at home, especially against a, a weaker team like Orlando, but it's early in the MLS season. It's an international break, which leads me to my next point. Why in God's name are we even playing these games? MLS, pull your lives together, MLS. We should not be playing games during an international break of CONCACAF World Cup qualifying. That is ridiculous. It shows that this league is, is not ready to be big time just yet. They, got, they can't be doing this stuff. This is ridiculous. If you feel the same, let me know in the comments and uh, let me know your thoughts. Do you like the games during the international breaks or do you think it's crazy? I personally think it's crazy. Uh, so with that being said, guys, that does it. Our next live this week, our only live this week, is as of right now, Toronto FC in New York City coming at you on Saturday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. Should be a great game between two of the Eastern Conferences better sides i'm excited for this one nyc fans get ready tfc fans get ready mls fans come hang out and chat while we watch mls soccer toronto fc and new york city it's going to be a lot of fun guys we'll see you there on saturday that does it for this episode it's short we only had the world cup qualifying games to talk about as well as only three mls games thank you john for your update and your continued sponsorship go get some skira Icelandic water and we will see you guys maybe on Wednesday night depends on what happens with my meeting we might be able to get a live in on Wednesday night but I'm planning on not having one and we'll see you guys on Saturday picks and predictions will be out tomorrow on Tuesday thanks for watching guys hit that like button hit that subscribe button we'll see you real soon peace